How would you like to have clarity, courage, and control? Well, stick around. You're at the right place. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, we're going to talk about clarity, courage, control, and a whole lot more. i got a brief interview with my friend Michael Hyatt about those things, how you can be absolutely assured of having clarity, courage, and control. Our sponsor today is Harry's, Harry's Razors. You hear me talk about them. That's what I use. i got a little contest I'm going to put out for you here in a minute where you can win a set. You don't yet have one, but if you want to get yours, you can go to harrys.com. Use 48 days as the code to get $5 off your first purchase. Well, here's some of the things we're going to be talking about today. And I want the theme to be don't settle for ordinary. Had a whole lot of questions today about people just wondering if this is as good as it gets in essence. Now you need to go back and uh, watch that movie, that old Jack Nicholson movie. As good as it gets. Great movie. Well, don't settle for ordinary. Here's some of the questions we'll be looking at. Dan, how can my I can attitude influence loved ones who are more negative? Ouch. Boy, that comes up a lot. What happens if you're moving on, you're elevating your own success, and those closest to you are trying to pull you back in the bucket, so to speak? Well, Dan, how can I get noticed when I don't have an outgoing personality? Great question. A lot of you feel like you're more introverted and shy. Are there opportunities for you to succeed? Absolutely. You don't need to change who you are. You just need to do certain things. We'll talk about that. And I'm struggling. Feel like I'm running out of time and on the verge of quitting. What do you think of career fairs? How do I get past the feeling that the services I offer are not worth more money? A lot of us deal with that upper limit challenge. That's a real term, the upper limit challenge, where we may sabotage our opportunities for more success, even when it's right in front of us, ready to be ours. We'll talk about that. Quotation today comes from Jim Rohn, who said, if you are not willing to risk the usual, you will have to settle for the ordinary. You got to do things that other people are not doing. Step outside the lines. Do things that others aren't willing to do. That's how you get results that other people are not experiencing. Well, if you're looking for change, I always have free resources for you, but this is one. This is a worksheet process, five-step process that I put together to help you walk through a process of change. You can get it free. Just go to 48days.com slash Mondays. Now, a couple of quick success stories here. This one comes from Daniel Herberger, who says, Dan, this is Daniel from Guatemala. I stayed in the sanctuary for a few days in 2014. You've been my virtual mentor for over five years. A year ago, I launched a weekly podcast on personal finance in Spanish for a bilingual audience. And I recently celebrated my 52nd episode. I did not miss a single week. And that's thanks to your inspiration and instruction through the 40 days podcast. You also let me be in your office while you recorded your podcast. And that helped me see how doable it was. You know, I've had a lot of people do that who have come by ask if they could sit in and I guess if you're quiet and sit in the corner I don't really care I just go about my business but it it has convinced some people that it's not as complicated as what they thought it might be I flip a couple little switches and just start talking um, it, it's not very complicated 
But Daniel's point is well taken. Incidentally, he said, let's see, his podcast, the English translation would be Unfinished Business. So Daniel has a podcast in person, for personal finance in Spanish. I'm sure you can check that out. Um, he says, I'd love it if you'd share this success story in your podcast. I'm sure it will inspire others to take action. I'm only 27 years old. I was recently invited to Columbia to facilitate a personal finance workshop thanks to a podcast listener who has seen me build the platform and credibility. Well, Daniel, thanks for your update. That's awesome that you've done that. You know, and that's a great example of how you do build an audience. You know, sometimes I talk to people who say, yeah, I did a podcast. Yeah. And three months later, you know, it wasn't getting 10,000 downloads a week. You know, I just decided to give up on it. I'm thinking, you gotta be kidding me. You need more consistency. You know, when I started this podcast back in 2008, well, when I, whenever I started it, I've never missed a week. There's never been a week, no matter what happened, no matter where I am, what's happening, never missed a week. Same thing with my newsletter. I started my newsletter, electronic newsletter that goes out that a lot of you get. Started that in August of 2000. So we're going on now, what, 16 years. Never missed a week, no matter what, no matter what's happened, no matter what's happened with me, no matter where I am, never missed a week. That's how you build an audience. Well, a couple other things here. Jen McDonald keeps us updated on things that are happening in the 48days.net community where I hope you're involved sharing your ideas and resources there. But Jeremy Fisher put up a post. He's got his car flipping guide up and I, I think he's got it for free. You can check it out. Go to threehourflip.com. That's three, the number three hour flip. And he's got his flipping car guide on there. Or things like determining what kind of car to buy, how to find a deal, inspecting a car for purchase, things you should know when you test drive, and a whole lot more. Uh, you know I'm I'm big on that. Go check out Jeremy's guide, The Three-Hour Flip. And then Terry Hathaway has a post up, Seven Questions to Ask Before You Create a Course. Now, Terry has worked with me in creating the new 48 Days Seminar Materials. A lot of you are getting involved in that. We're delighted to bring you on as our business partners uh, you can check that out. Incidentally, just go to 48days.com slash acres, A-C-R-E-S. We'll give you some free things, right? Just for inquiring about it, but give you some information about how that works and how we could work with you. But anyway, Terry's got a post up seven questions to ask before you create a course. He knows that area inside and out. And a lot of you, you know, are looking at how you would create a course, how you would take your intellectual property, your unique message and turn it into a course. So make sure you do it with your eyes open. Do it in the right way. You have to be a great addition to what you're doing, for sure. Well, hey, I'm going to bring up, I'm just going to bring this up. We're going to move on here. i got a whole bunch of success stories, and we don't want you to stop sending those, believe me. We'll include a few each week. Just shoot those in to askdan at 48days.com. We want to hear those, but I got a whole lot of questions that I want to move into as well in today's episode here. So we're going to just move on, go on from that, and you can send your questions in or success stories to askdan at 48days.com. Well, I mentioned our sponsor today is Harry's. Now, here's the deal. You can go to harrys.com, use 48 days as the code to get $5 off your first purchase. I certainly encourage you to do that. But here's the deal. You know, sometimes I don't understand this. I mean, it's like $15 and then you get $5 off, you know, and free shipping. 
I mean, we're not talking about a major investment here to get something that can really enhance your mornings. But if you want to win one of these, I'm going to give away a couple. Harry's just real generous with me. So I'm going to have two people. Now, here's what you need to do. Send me a note in 48 words or less on why you need a Harry's razor set. Now, you can be a guy or a gal. I mean, lots of people use these. You know, it's not just for guys. But send me a note. Just send it. Well, just send it to askdan at 48days.com. It'll come in with all the other questions here, but I'll sort them out. And I'll announce two people on the March 11th podcast. 48 words or less on why you need a Harry's razor set. Send those to askdan at 48days.com. All right. I'm going to go right into the questions here. Now, this comes from Alex. Says, Dan, I came across your name while I was in the library with my five-year-old son. Your website and podcast were one of the featured sites in the career section at the library. Your program seems to be a great success. From what I found online, congratulations on your accomplishments. The point of my email is to connect on an exciting new startup created to doing a better job of getting assistance and service for the job seeker versus the traditional methods. Now, I'm going to give this site. I don't know a lot about this site at all. I just pulled it up, saw it, but I don't know it. I'd love to get some testimonials from people who have actually used it. The site is Friday D. I'm sure there's another pronunciation of that, but it's spelled Friday, F-R-I-D-A-Y-D.com. So go there. It's for job seekers and helps expedite that process. So you all do the research, get back to me on that. I'm just passing it along as a resource. Alex, thanks for sending it our way. Bethany says, my question is a little different than your normal ones, but I believe it's very important pursuing jobs that aren't just J O B S. I was wondering how can we, who subscribe to your positive beliefs about finding a job and making progress with an I can attitude influence loved ones who are more negative. For example, if they believe their life circumstances are trapping them or they think they just don't have the personality, discipline, circumstances to succeed in their goals when they actually are capable of it, if they knew how to break out of their mindset. Thank you so much for your time. Wow. How do you pull along those family members, relatives, friends, coworkers, or negative when your mindset is not that you have a positive mindset. You don't have a fixed mindset where this is as good as it gets. This is the way it's always going to be. No, you have a mindset that recognizes you can write your ticket for the future that you want. Move on into that. Well, a couple things here, and this is tough when it's family members. I mean, I talk a lot about the fact that, you know, you become the average of the five people who spend the most time with and people say, yeah, dude, that's, easy for you to say, what if that person is my wife? What if that person is my husband? What if that person is my boss? They're negative. I do spend a lot of time with them. Well, I don't have magic pills for all those situations, but you got to look for opportunities to spend time with people who are performing at a level at which you want to perform. I'm going to give you a couple resources here. And I got a little audio interview I want you to listen to. The resources are both from Dr. Henry Cloud who wrote the books Boundaries and Necessary Endings. Now that book, Boundaries course, has been around for a while and we've recommended it hundreds of times as have 
Dave Ramsey and a whole lot of other people who recognize the necessity of creating boundaries, sometimes even with people who we're close to. As an example, I mean, I have relatives that I'll spend three hours with a year, but I'm not going to spend three days. I mean, I'm not going to get together for a weekend or, you know, go on vacation. Not a chance. I'll spend three hours because that's a boundary that I've set. There's, there are other people, you know, who aren't family members who I just choose not to spend time with. There are people that I get repeated requests, you know, to go to lunch. Gee, Dan, it's been a long time since we talked. Can I take you to lunch? No. You know, thank you for your your request. But uh, based on the current commitments that I have, I'm not going to be able to make that work. Just, you know, uh, there are people that I just choose not to spend time with. Necessary endings is the other one. Now, that's when you recognize, you know, sometimes we go through seasons, even in relationships that we have. So, Maybe somebody that has been a friend for 10 years, but you've moved on and they haven't. Well, you may need to read that book, Necessary Endings, just to figure out how to bring closure to that and to move on. Now, I'm going to play an interview here. I did a short interview with my friend, Michael Hyatt. Now, here's the deal. When we're talking about people like you're asking about here in your question, Bethany, people who don't have a plan for their life are usually drifting. The consequences of drifting are confusion, expense, lost opportunity, pain, regret. You and Mark will talk about that. And beyond that, even, you know, negativity, feeling like the victim, blaming the economy, the government, the corporations, their parents. Those are the kind of things we hear from people who don't have a clear plan for their own life. Don't have the optimism that they're moving to something better. Well, hey, without any further ado, I'm going to play this little clip that it's 12 minutes long that Michael Hyatt and I had a conversation just yesterday. Check this out. Well, Michael, you're no stranger to my audience. Certainly your book platform and then platform university uh, makes you a familiar name to my audience as well as our personal friendship, which I value greatly. Uh, times we spend together where we're not working, but just playing. Uh, give me insight into the kind of man you are with character and integrity. So I'm excited about talking about your newest book, living forward. So thanks for being on today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Dan. You're the guy that's teaching me how to play cards and that's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got, we're full of card tricks, Joanne and I, but delighted to have you and Gail join us for one of the newer ones. Well, yeah. so, so much of what you talk about is intentional living as compared to a term that kind of makes my skin crawl that you also talk about. And that is drift. Can you describe yeah. what drift is and how, how it's likely that that isn't working in our best interest, even if other people may see us as successful? Yeah, so I got this metaphor from an experience that Gail and I had after we'd been married about 10 years. We went to Hawaii on a vacation. We were super excited about this uh, vacation, but we didn't hardly have any money. So we figured when we got there, one of the things that we could do was snorkel. So we got all checked out. The hotel was giving us free lessons. We went out on the reef. It was amazing. You know, we loved seeing the fish and the reef itself. So we rented some equipment, cost us $10 per person for the whole week. Second day, we went out into the lagoon by ourselves and we started paddling around. And we were so mesmerized by everything that we saw swimming under the water. But unbeknownst to us, because we were distracted and because we had our heads down, we got caught in a riptide. And by the time we looked up, we were about, a, it felt like, I don't know exactly the measurements, but about a mile and a half from shore. The hotel looked like a postage stamp off in the distance. 
So Gail pulled her head up at about the same time, gasped. She said, what are we going to do? And I said, man, I think we're going to swim for our lives. And we had a boogie board, and we just started swimming like crazy for about 45 minutes, finally got to the shore, pulled ourselves up on it, and collapsed. And I've thought several times since that, that then that that's kind of how life is for a lot of people. You know, they're, they're distracted. They got their head down. They're uh, paying attention to other stuff, and they drift in their health. They drift in their marriage, they drift in their career, their finances, and so often people end up at a destination they would not have chosen if they realized what was at stake. And that's the drift. And, and the alternative to that is to live by design, not by drift, to be intentional and to be proactive. And that's really what the book is about. Oh, you're so clear on that. And and I love your example of drifting that you and Gail described there. And you are clear that drifting really never leads to a destination that we would have chosen. No, it doesn't. And this is why people end up in middle age with their health failing or some, you know, heart attack, some significant health crisis, or in their marriage, they're just in a marriage where there's no connection anymore, or worse, they're separated or maybe even divorced or in a career that's stalled, or a business that never gets launched, or deeply in debt, you know, living month to month and not making any final, uh, financial progress. And that's all a result of the drift. And it's kind of that um, attitude, you know, to kind of change the metaphor just a little bit, like the cork caught in the current, just kind of going wherever the current goes. And again, it's never to a destination you would have chosen. Well, and often people who have been caught up in that describe themselves really as victims of circumstances. I mean, you know how the economy is, you know how this industry is, and you know my wife doesn't support me. They go, they go through all those excuses. Describe for us how having a life plan moves us away from being a victim of circumstances. Yeah, so when you create a life plan, and I'm not talking about, you know, a big binder like a strategic plan with you know, reams of paper with every aspect of your life planned out. But I'm really talking about creating, and we walk you through this process, creating an 8 to 12 page document where you begin to get crystal clear on three questions. Number one, how do you want to be remembered? You know, as you kind of fast forward to the end of your life and realize that uh, all of us are mortal, all of us are going to die. And once that happens, people are going to have a memory of what we were like, and they're going to be talking about us, and how will we be remembered? So that's like the first question. Then the second question is, what's important to you? What are your priorities? You know, your boss has priorities. Your spouse has priorities. Culture has its expectations and priorities. Churches have their priorities. But what are your priorities? And to be purposeful, intentional, and proactive about that. And then to be, uh, then to answer the question, the third question is, how do I get from here, wherever you are, to where you want to be in every area of your life? and to begin to visualize what would be the ideal outcome. You know, in other words, um, if I'm not drifting in my health and I was designing what my health might look like, what would be kind of my envisioned future? Where, where would I like that to be? And I know you've worked hard on your health this last year, and we talked about that a little bit this last, last weekend. And, and it's amazing that once you start having the intention, how you can begin to see the progress. Or instead of settling for the marriage you have, or worse, you know, having an affair, trying to find it outside the bounds of marriage, what would it look like if your marriage was in great shape, that it was meeting all of your needs, that there was connection and intimacy and 
support and all of that, what would that look like? Because once you begin to visualize that, then you can begin to take steps to try to make it become a reality. Oh, absolutely. I love the focus of how you describe creating a life plan where it's not just about making more money or having a successful business, but it immediately goes to health, relationships, spirituality, all those kind of other things that sometimes are ignored when people are trying to be quote successful. But I love how you lay that out in your life plan. Thank you. Now remind us of some of the consequences of just drifting that people so easily get caught up in doing just kind of going with the current and all of a sudden 30 years have passed. They're still in the same job or the relationship has deteriorated. What are some of the painful consequences of drifting? Well, in the book, we talk actually about five, you know, there's confusion, you know, when you're drifting, you're just kind of confused where you're, where you're at, you're, you're disoriented because you're not oriented toward a destination. It's like, if you go out on a road trip and you don't have a clear destination in mind and you're just driving around, you know, you're just out for a drive and you're confused and you're not quite sure when it stops or when it uh, begins. Another consequence is expense. You know, there is nothing more expensive than having a health crisis you know, suffering some kind of health setback, ending up in the hospital with a heart attack or worse. There's nothing more expensive than having a a breakup in your marriage, going through a divorce. I remember years ago, I had a boss who was going through a divorce and not only did it cost him just time, but just the emotional energy and the money that uh, were a result of that divorce. Then the lost opportunity. You know, when you find yourself in crisis, you miss the opportunities that you could have if you were just in a better place, if you were in a healthier place. And then, of course, the pain. You know, it's when we don't choose um, our destination and we're just drifting, we can end up with a lot of pain, physical, marital, social, spiritual, financial, all the rest. And then I think the worst one, the fifth one, is just regret. You know, to get to the end of our lives, to look back and to think, you know, it could have been so much different if I had... Um, taking control of my life to the extent that I could and directed some of the outcomes so that I ended up where I really wanted to go instead of where I just drifted to. Oh, my. Yeah. Michael, I've got one really last question for you. You know, we we see a lot of people, I talk to a lot of people, you do as well, who are wishing, hoping, waiting, or even sometimes praying, frankly, for their lives to get better, hoping to win the lottery or hoping for that rich uncle to die. You know, we don't have to live like that. What are we likely to experience as a result of implementing the principles of having a life plan, the principles that you lay out so clearly in your book, Living Forward? Yeah, I call these the three C's, but clarity. You know, what would it be like if you could experience clarity about your life like you've never had before? And that's part of what a life plan gives you, clarity about you know, what you want your health to be, what you want your career to be, what you want your finances to be, and really get clarity around that. It's a very unusual quality for people to have today. Once you get clarity, then it becomes so much easier to muscle up, and this is really the second thing you experience is courage. You know, if I know that this is the kind of health that I want or this is the kind of marriage I want, I'm much more courageous in terms of having those difficult conversations that I may need to have making those difficult choices about what I eat and whether I go work out, Um, maybe even decisions about starting a business or uh, having a conversation with your boss that you know you've needed to have for years. So clarity and then courage and then a sense of control. You know, I believe, 
and I'm sure you believe this too, Dan, I, we, we can't have 100% control over our lives. There are things that come into our lives that there's no way that we could plan for. But I'll tell you what, that doesn't mean we throw up our hands and just say, you know what, I'm just going to go with the flow and whatever happens, happens. We have and can have a lot more control than we think. It's kind of like planning a trip. You go on a vacation and you can't control everything between here and your ultimate vacation destination. You know, there may be uh, roadblocks, there may be weather, there may be all kinds of things that derail you, but you do a lot better when you have a plan and you have it mapped out. You can make adjustments along the way than if you just got in your car and said, hey, wherever we end up is where we end up. Absolutely. Well, we had the privilege just you know, a week ago of taking a little trip with you and Gail. We went to a beautiful, beautiful place and we were prepared to just have things show up that we didn't have carefully planned out, but just added variety and excitement. Once we had carefully decided where we were going to go, when we we're going to be there, the big elements, the big rocks we had in place, then we got up the next morning, pulled the the blinds back and there's this beautiful two inches of snow on everything. It was just picture perfect. So we can enjoy the little things that come along if we have the big things clearly laid out. Clarity, Absolutely. courage, control, love it. Love it, love it. Well, hey, Michael, where can people connect with you and plug into the process of living forward? Yeah, the best place to find the book is at livingforward.com forward slash mh livingforwardbook.com forward slash mh. And there we talk about the book and we've got some amazing bonuses um, if you pre-order the book. So $360 worth of pre-order bonuses, in fact. Well, you were kind enough to give me an autographed copy, but I jumped online and ordered anyway because I wanted to experience all the bonuses. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, ah. Looking, looking forward to that. You're always generous with what you give and uh, love the way that you're leading people, giving them more hope as we're trying to do here as well. So, well, thank you, my friend, for being with us. And uh, we're going to encourage people to go to livingforwardbook.com slash MH and uh, participate in what you've got for us. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dan. Always a pleasure. All right. Well, there you go. Just my conversation with my friend. You know, it's just one of those times when I want to share a resource with you. When we talk about a book, when we talk about $20 investment, I don't remember exactly what it is, but anyway, $20 roughly, something that has a potential to change your life. Make sure that you access things that have the capability of opening up new areas of opportunity for you. I don't know of anything that has changed the trajectory of my life more from that little farm kid in Ohio to where I am today than reading great books. Well, anyway, check it out. Livingforwardbook.com. This comes from, here's a question that comes from Ben, who said in the recent podcast about how people can be more confident, you mentioned your friend Greg Murphy in Cincinnati who made $3 million last year reselling books on eBay. This is in reference to people who are high C's on the disc profile. I'm in that category myself. High C that is not making 3 million on eBay. I'm curious about how this is done. I've heard about these eBay businesses and people doing them well, but I've been very skeptical about these claims and have generally dismissed them out of hand. However, to hear you say that you personally know someone who is thriving in this market has piqued my interest in this. So I was wondering if you could point me to resources that I might check out to research similar opportunities. 
Thanks for the podcast and all you do. A couple things here. Isn't it interesting that when we hear about something that is a level of success that we've not yet experienced, we can quickly just dismiss it and say, well, you know, that's probably just smoke and mirrors, probably not really true. What level of success would you be willing to think possible for yourself? Now, I, I know lots of people who are doing extremely well. I was in an elevator after I spoke at a conference recently. Talked to the nice people, a couple in there, probably in their late 60s. Asked about what they were doing. They were there for the conference where I was speaking. He's a former pastor. I said, what are you doing now? We, we sell shoes. I said, what do you mean you sell shoes? We sell shoes on eBay and Amazon. I said, I mean, you go like to garage sales and buy shoes? They said, oh, no, no, no. We, we buy brand new shoes, but they're liquidated. They're discounted. They're, you know, last year's models and whatever. I said, really? So you're selling brand new shoes on eBay and Amazon and we were at a conference where we were talking very openly about success. And I said, how much money are you guys making? They said, um, in excess of $200,000. I said, profit. They said, yeah. I said, what's the most you ever made in income as a pastor? He said about $40,000. Now he didn't leave pastoring to go into selling shoes. He had already retired but they were looking for something to do, just something that we'd, they would enjoy where they could serve other people well. Found this opportunity, selling shoes, making up a couple hundred thousand dollars. Well, you did hear me talk about my buddy, Greg Murphy. I need to get him on here. I need to have him on here. So we, so I, we can pick his brain. You can send me questions that you want me to ask him. Now, he does, he's, he's got a pretty robust business. He sells books on eBay, but he does more than that. Because about 70 or 80% of the books that he gets, they strip the covers off, cut the glue off, and they sell the paper. But he's buying books, buying them by the pound, not buying books by the title, buying them by the pound, and they recycle a lot of the paper. So a lot of his income comes from that. It's just about 20% of the books that they resell on eBay. Anyway, his site, you can go to 7 figurebooksales.com and you'll see videos there from Greg. He's very open about what they're doing, but I need to get him on here. I'll make a commitment to you that we'll get Greg on here to talk about what he's doing. So many of you have been intrigued by that story and believe me, his is just one of many, many stories about people who are doing unusual things out there. If you want information in that space, Jim Cockrum has a conference called CES. Jim is a great, great guy. High integrity. I love Jim and his wife, Andrea. Uh, just a great guy. He's got a book called Silent Sales Machine. I'm sure you can find it on Amazon. It is worth its weight in gold because he lays out how he has taught thousands of people how to make money on Amazon and eBay. Silent Sales Machine. But check that out. Or contact Jim. I mean, you can talk to him as well. Tell him Dan said to say, hey. Here's another question on buying on eBay. Justin says, you've mentioned buying vehicles online now, and I wondered if you have any tips beyond do your homework. Are there things to watch out for, like a low price is not a good idea or something like that? I see lots of good deals, but are they too good to be true? You know, I, I expect 
good in everybody that I meet. I think that has a lot to do with my buying approach. I don't expect somebody to be trying to rip me off. I expect somebody to be making a good living at what they do, which I hope they are doing. And I expect to get a good deal on whatever I'm doing as well. I don't want it to be a win-lose. I don't want to get something at such a cheap price that the other person loses money and can't pay their mortgage. I don't want that kind of an interaction. So I deal with people who consistently have been making money. I want to deal with people who are making money doing what they're doing. I don't want to do business with people who are losing money. They aren't going to be around when I need them next week. You know, that, that, that's, not a, that's not a good scenario for anybody. But when I buy, I've bought a lot of cars. I've probably bought 18 or 20 cars on eBay. Now I buy a lot of, you know, Craigslist and other ways, but on eBay, meaning I, I don't see them physically. I just see pictures. I don't have a chance to test drive them before I buy them, pay the money and then just go pick it up. I have never had a bad experience. A part of it is because of the transparency of eBay. Now think about it just for a minute, just to give you one quick tip. If I go down here to Nolensville road in Nashville, where there are hundreds of car lots, just one after another, and I whip into a place and I buy a car from Joe Charles. I don't know if Joe shafted six people last month, gave them rotten deals, sold them bad. I don't know that. There's really no way to know that. That's not true on eBay. On eBay, I know immediately what other customers think. I know if anybody had a bad experience, they can post it there. So there's way more transparency. It's a real challenge to do business well on eBay because you better be serving people really well. So people have that kind of track record. I can see that somebody's got great recommendations from people who have done business with them. That, that speaks a lot. So I buy a lot of things on eBay, a lot of cars on eBay and don't hesitate at all to pull the trigger. Even when there's a lot of money involved, I love the process. We've flown places to Memphis and Houston and Palm, Palm beach, Florida to pick up cars that I bought. We've had a lot of fun going to pick up cars and having a lot of fun meeting the people that I purchased from where we end up becoming friends. Well, that's the way that I do it. Hey, just a reminder here. You got a question? Well, these are real questions. I love going through them every week. The highlight of my week, open that magic mailbox and see the questions you've submitted. So keep them coming. You can go to the 48days.com site, click on the little Ask Dan. You'll see a starburst come up. You can submit your question there. You can leave an audio question. Just start talking into your computer if you want. Or you can send it to askdan at 48days.com. Joshua says, I'm passionate about speaking to high school students about avoiding college and credit card debt. No one stressed this when I went through high school and college. How on earth can I get high school administrators to see the value in hiring me for school assemblies? Do I have to be a giant in this space, like a certain Nashville-based financial wisdom company? One of their employees says that schools hire their speakers to kick off using their personal finance curriculum. I don't have a curriculum to peddle. Is there any hope that I could make this my living? Well, I'm not sure. I think it's going to be challenging to make a living speaking to high schools, period. No matter who you are, I don't care if, you know, what, what, what your name is, how popular you are. You can be Kent Julian, but Kent doesn't make all his money from speaking in high schools. Uh, Grant Baldwin, Josh Shipp, all those guys who are superstars in that arena. 
that's not the only place they make their money. Those people have a message and they're allowing people to experience their message in other ways. So they're doing workshops, seminars, they have books, online courses. That's what you've got to do. I mean, you got to do more than just speak to high school students. No, I don't think you can make them make a living doing that. I mean, even, even in my speaking, in my, my speaking fee, I mean, you can go to premier speakers bureau and you'll see my speaking fee is $10,000. I don't make a living speaking. I mean, I don't even try to get my head around that. Really what I usually do is speak where I'm going to be in front of audiences where the participants are good candidates for everything else that I do. So I don't even care about the speaking fee. Now, when you're speaking to high school students, that's pretty tough to do. Kent Julian, he's a master at selling his books. So he's written several little books. Who wants to be normal anyway? You know, those kind of things. He's a master at selling books and he'll sell a lot of books and make more money on selling books than he does the speaking fee. But yeah, I think you got a a challenge, Josh, in making, I think you need to expand how you're sharing your message. Uh, Do some other things. Check out Zach Freeman is a young guy from here in Franklin. He wrote a little book on free money, please. The 10 step guide to college financial aid. He wrote that telling his story about how he raised over $70,000 just applying for grants and scholarships. He took the summer before he was going to go to college. And instead of getting an $8 job at McDonald's, he used the time to apply for scholarships and grants and got over $70,000 completely paid for his full college without borrowing money. So look at creative approaches for things you can do like that. Now, for one thing, if you go into high schools, you're telling them, you know, gee, don't borrow money to go to college. Well, what if they have 10 students who decide instead of going to college, they're going to start their own landscaping business or window washing business or car detailing to the high school. That looks like a failure. They don't embrace kids that go out and start successful entrepreneurial businesses. They pat themselves on the back. If all the kids go on to college, even if it's poor choice, well, that's a topic for another day, perhaps. Dario says, Dan, I feel like, this is another speaking one. I feel like I'm struggling. I feel like I'm running out of time and on the verge of quitting. I started my speaking in a Christian and motivational market in 2013 with high hopes, and lots of work. It's been three years and I haven't generated any money and I'm still having a hard time breaking into the paid conference speaking industry. I've been a speaker for 10 years, but it's all been in small churches, local schools, and many local gigs. I have two kids wife bills and a full-time job, which require all my time growing up. I saw my parents struggle. So my dream is to own a profitable business and be present for my family, but not making any money after all these years is concerning me. Any idea or words of wisdom for a guy who's on the edge, please help. Well, Dario, like I just said to Joshua, the previous question, I don't think you can make decent money speaking in that environment. Christian motivational market geez, you're going to have churches that want you to come and they'll take up a love offering and give you 80 bucks, you know, when you walk out the door. Now, you, you got to figure out other ways. Now, I'm speaking. I mean, I've got some things that I'm speaking at coming up that I'm really excited about. I'll be speaking, of course, at our own events here, Innovate and Coaching with Excellence, but then speaking in Orlando in April at launch that I'm doing with Ken Davis Then speaking to social media marketing world in San Diego and uh, speaking at podcast movement in Chicago, speaking at new media, Europe in London, golly, we're really excited about that. But now none of those am I being paid my normal $10,000 speaking fee. None of those. In fact, 
Um, God, I could go through the details, but for the most part, you know, I get free admission and maybe they cover my plane and hotel and that's it. So I'm speaking for nothing. Does that mean that I'm not getting paid anything? Not a chance. There'll be people who hear me speak who will next year pay me $10,000 for different things that I do because it's because of the robust back into my business that I can speak and not be concerned about the fee. It's the same thing with writing. You know, I talk to writers who say, well, gee, I found this magazine. They'll pay me, you know, eight cents a word to write, you know, so I write an article and I get $75, you know, how can I live on that? Well, don't, don't expect to live on that. I mean, I write, my writing is nothing but a calling card to lead people into the other things that I do where I make money. So if you're a writer or a speaker, you need to have a more robust business than doing just that one thing and hoping you're ever going to make a living. Well, that, that is, my gosh, I mean, those are the things that I address. Innovate is coming up. I got some questions about Innovate. Um, you know, and that's what we do is, is help you shape things, help you take your core message and then put legs on it so that you can go into extraordinary income. I mean, there's an interview out there that I did with Michael Hyatt, who you just heard the interview that I did here, but there's an interview you can find. If you go to michaelhyatt.com, put in Dan Miller, it'll pop up. It's how to make $150,000 this year with your core message. And I go through the process of how to do exactly what I'm talking about here, trying to cram it in in just a couple minutes. Well, this comes from Heather. As an introvert, I need help with networking and making myself known among the higher ups and VIPs in my company. I'm poised this year to move up within my company. I'm in their leadership development program and I'm being used as a resource, but I know a big step in this process is getting noticed by the right people and I'm horrible at networking. Can you please give me some advice on how to get noticed when you don't have an outgoing personality and are just quieter than those around you? I feel I get lost in the crowd. I don't have an office that I go to. I work from home and see my coworkers in person about three or four times a year. Thanks. Well, Heather, yes, there are so many things that you can do. I mean, just today in the mail, I've got here a stack of cards that have been sent to me, handwritten cards from people. Those really put them at the top of my list in terms of just thinking about them, being aware of what they're doing. No, no, I'm not, believe me, I don't, don't think I'm asking everybody to send me cards, but I, I get gifts. You know, I had somebody recently send me some chocolate that is just amazing. Askenosi. That's the name. Askenosi. I heard Seth Godin recommend it. Somebody sent me some. I jumped online, ordered some. I've now sent that to a bunch of people. Some of that chocolate. Do you think that gets their attention? Yes. You can go to gifttree.com and see things there that you can choose to send just to thank people for being connected to you. I mean, do something in your local area. If you live here in the Franklin, Tennessee area where I do, you could send goo goo clusters to somebody. I mean, spend five bucks on something, but it's going to make them remember you, make them know who you are and what you're all about. Those handwritten cards, there's nothing like them. I've got beautiful little cards with one of our Eagles on the front, 48 days logo on the back, blank on the inside. You know, I try to try to send four or five of those every day that go out just as a way to keep in touch with people. You can do the same. You can be introverted that all these things I'm talking about. You don't have to go out, stand on stage somewhere. Not at all. Don't have to do that. You can do these from the quiet of your own home and make yourself known very, very well and let people be reminded of the accomplishments that you bring to the table. 
Okay, I'm going to skip here through pages and pages and pages of questions. Again, thank you for bringing those to my attention. Okay, here's one. Here's one. I'm going to end with this one. This comes from Tim, who says, I own a small business doing residential renovation and repair. I hear on a weekly basis how great my work is and how much people appreciate working with me. I rarely hear that I'm too expensive and I've never heard that I'm overpriced for the quality of work that I do. Although I'm staying busy working between 35 and 45 hours a week, I simply am not making the income I need to adequately provide for my family. My problem is in my head. How do I get past the feeling that the services I offer are not worth more money? I make great money when I work time and material, but on the jobs that I bid, my head trash sort short circuits my price to the point of losing money in the job. Thank you for all your wisdom and insight. Your podcast have kept me motivated as I look for a career that would be productive, meaningful, and profitable. Tim Yoder. Wow. Tim, I love what you're saying and love what you're doing. You know, making furniture, if you're making furniture and doing residential renovation and repair, you know, doing those unique personalized things, people are going to engage with you because they know, like, and trust you. Not because they're going to try to grind you on the price or get you down. I mean, I've got some people that I have, you know, do work around here. I don't question their prices. And once they give me a price, I don't care if it takes them three hours or 30, you know, that's up to them. If they're really good, can do it in three hours and we've agreed on a price. Fantastic. But you've got to get passive. You got to start seeing what you're delivering. Don't base it on time. People are not paying for your time. They're paying for the years of expertise and developing the experience that you have to bring quality to the work that you're doing. Pick up the little book, The Big Leap by Gay Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. It'll help you address your own upper limit challenge. That's what we're talking about. You know, when we have people who get an average raise of three or 4%, you know, they can handle that. But when we have people get into some of these spaces we talk about here, where you have intellectual property or you're doing some kind of a project and all of a sudden you have a chance to four or five times your income, a lot of times people sabotage that because they haven't prepared in their minds for having that kind of money. You got to get past your own upper limit challenge. Maybe we'll devote uh, a segment to where we talk about just the upper limit challenge. It's a real it's a, it's a real challenge for people, even people who are very successful. It's something that I've dealt with a lot. We need to talk about that, but read that little book, the big leap. You'll deal with your own upper challenge and maybe help get past that. So you can be compensated reasonably for the quality of work that you're doing. Well, Hey, thanks for being part of this community. Hey, check out that five-step process for change that I mentioned. You can go to 48days.com slash Mondays and get that. Check out Michael Hyatt's new book, Living Forward, so you can create a life plan. Decide now what kind of life you want to live. Create a plan. You can go to livingforwardbook.com and get that. Hey, we got a lot of people submitting names for the little video podcast that I want to do with Joanne. I've gotten hundreds and hundreds of names. Thank you so much for those. You can send them here, askdan at 48days.com or find the blog that I did recently at 48days where I talk about helping us name that podcast 
you can see all the submissions that we've gotten in there as well. But I'll be going through those this next week and then announcing a winner about a week from now. So keep those coming as well. Names for my little video podcast, introducing people to the entrepreneurial lifestyle. So thanks for submitting those. And thanks for being part of this community. You know where we're going here. You all have already proven your ability to step out of the usual, the ordinary, do things that other people are not doing. That's how you get ahead. That's how you break the cycle of sameness, break the cycle of insanity, just getting the same results from doing the same things. So keep doing that. Thanks for being part of this community where we are, in fact, finding or more commonly creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Don't settle for less. Have a great week. Let us know how we can help you in your path to success. you.